Welcome back to Lost or Found, the podcast where we think about how we can live healthier, happier, and more fulfilled lives. And now, here's the host of the show, Dr. Michelle Choi. Hi, we have a great show today, as Crystal Robb is here to talk about plant-based nutrition. I think in order to make healthful changes into our lives, it's important to understand why, to lead to the consistent action. And we're not talking about being a vegetarian. We're talking about adding more vegetables and fruits to our diet. It's known that food is highly inflammatory, and why make the fires in our body worse? Crystal has been actively working in the wellness community for over 10 years, and she is a nutritionist specializing in plant-based nutrition, culinary and sustainable agriculture, registered yoga teacher, and professional surf instructor. Crystal offers wellness consulting and coaching to inspire you to live your best life. You can find her at crystalrob.com. And if you're loving the podcast, don't forget to rate us however you listen to podcasts and or write us a review. It helps so much. And send your friends your favorite episode. I would highly appreciate it. Hi, Crystal. Welcome back to the show. It's so nice to see you again. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's really always great to see you. Awesome. And we're going to talk about plant-based nutrition today. What is plant-based nutrition? What is plant-based nutrition? That's something we get to hear a lot about lately. It's all over the place. So essentially, a plant-based nutrition is where most of what you're eating comes from plant sources. Um, And there's a difference between a plant-based nutrition and a whole food plant-based nutrition. So with plant-based, you can eat, you know, processed foods and stuff as well, where whole food is you're eating the whole food, unprocessed foods. And this is where, this is where more of the healthful part of it is going to be is in the whole food plant-based where at least 70% of what you're eating comes from plants. And, you know, like with lifestyle medicine, we're seeing like more, you know, more like recommendations for veganism, you know, like cutting out all the animal products and dairy. How do you feel about that? Well, there's also a difference between um, vegan and plant-based or whole food plant-based. So vegan also is something where you can have like a lot of oils and you can have a lot of salt and uh, things that are processed. So it's lacking a lot of the nutrition. You'll see a lot of like vegan cheeses um, are mostly oil. And so that's not going to be really great for your diet as well. But a more mindful way of reverse and more healthful and what physicians are recommending people are doing and where the science is, is in whole food plant-based. So eating food as close to its natural source as possible, getting Mm -hmm. all of that fiber and all of the micro macronutrients that you could possibly get from it. And that's where you're going to see a lot of improvements in health. So, um, And it gets less expensive that way too. Eating vegan, you're eating a lot of packaged things, processed and stuff that have gone through this whole thing. And it's just like a little box of something's really expensive, but eating an avocado, eating an apple, eating a whole grain, getting a big bag of, you know, lentils, rice, beans, preparing those things is very inexpensive and also very nutritious. So, and then that's the difference there. Um, So, and sorry, repeat the question. Oh, no, I think I was just describing oh. like, what's the difference, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So that's the difference there. And and so what people where the science is leading is in the whole food plant base. So and that's where there's a misunderstanding um, of vegan vegan can also be more people do it for different reasons. Like it's a little 
more has a little bit more of like a religious aspect to it where people do it for the purpose of not harming animals and it also has it goes beyond diet as well like uh people don't use any animal products at all like uh no leather you know no leather shoes or anything so there's nothing animal in their lives because mostly it's for um not harming of animals and things like that and so um or whole food plant-based, um, you can even have a little bit of animal product in your diet as long as you're eating mostly plants. And this is how um, a lot of the world's most healthful people do live, like the centenarians and the study of the blue zones. And um, they find that these are the people that only eat meat on very, you know, uh, in small amounts and on occasions. So, but the diet is predominantly whole food, plant-based. What's a little, like in terms of meat consumption, and we know it's like inflammatory and, you know, it increases your risk of cardiovascular disease, but like, what's a little? Is it is little a couple times a week or is it like twice a month or? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, the way I like to see it, is um, using it as a garnish instead of a main dish. Like, you know, like our, our portions are off here. And this is where being plant-based, it's like a picture you can draw. If you were to draw like the plate of food, from what we see a lot of in America, it's like you have the meat is at the center and then like little things around it. But think completely opposite where you have fresh like vegetables, whole grains should take up a big amount of that. And then you have like, maybe like some like meat sprinkled in like, you know, as like a garnish for like, think just to flavor things if you mm -hmm. do have it. And so, so even when you do eat it, it shouldn't be this huge piece. And that's not how it's like eaten in a lot of these places where, you know, people do, they, you know, they have fish and they'll eat, you know, um, meat and stuff on occasion. It's usually a special occasion, somebody's birthday or celebration of some sort. Um, but here it's not just about how much we eat, but it's like where it's coming from. Meat's not even the same anymore. Um, nor is fish, nor is fish you know, um, wild game, you know, when we used to hunt and, you know, and even when we started farming and stuff, it was different practices. And now everything's done on such a large scale that, um, our meat is no longer nutritious anymore. You know, it's kind of harming people more than anything. So I do urge people to, when you when you do eat it, just be very selective of where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And it really does matter. It's, it's not a foo-foo thing to be selective about where your food comes from, because not only is it just uh, tied into your personal well-being, but the well-being of the planet as well. So the practices and stuff that, that are in place um, for meat production are also pretty detrimental to um, our environment. So it's just a little out of balance. So <laughs> when you get yeah. things from small farms, yeah, where people are um, rotating crops and allowing the, um, the natural environment to thrive and it creates a cleaner environment as well for the animals and more healthful living conditions. Um, and that passes along to the actual meat that you're eating. You know, you are what you eat. So it's like, mm -hmm. and that's true with plants too. Plants can also come from a, 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 an environment that is also harmful. So you need to just be mindful of where your food comes from if you can. I, I agree. You know, and you know, one of the most shocking things that I read was that like antibiotics, the population that uses the most antibiotics is actually our animals because they live in such bad living conditions. In order to help them to survive the amount of medicine that they're intaking and then we thereby ingest them. Yeah. And if you think about why you would need an antibiotic, it's because 
something is off in the microbial world in order for these um, uh, bad bugs, I guess you want to say, to survive and thrive, they need that type of environment. And so dirty, <laughs> dirty, unsanitary environments uh, where basically where cows are defecating, where they eat and where they sleep, they, they, they're not moving. It's like, it's, it's not a good situation. They're not moving and the soil's not regenerating. So healthy soil is actually full of microbes that actually keep a natural balance and health to the food that the cows would be eating. If they're eating grass, it would actually grow grass, but, but that's not what they're getting, right? They're getting uh, these mass produced where, you know, we're growing corn and grain for cows, <laughs> you know, and we're doing it in a way where we're having to completely destroy the topsoil. And when you, when you destroy the soil, which is alive, it's alive. It has microorganisms in it that create the health and wealth of the soil. And when we kill that, then we have to nourish the plants in other ways. Fertilizers, which are not good for you. They're not good for the for any part of the planet <laughs> or for regrowth. We've killed what the plants would naturally grow in. Um, and so we have to continue to put chemicals on top of chemicals, right? So we're eating chemicals. So you have fertilizers to grow the food that would no longer grow anymore because we've decimated the land over and over again. And then, um, and then the food itself is weak. So we have to then treat it with pesticides. And, and then we'll feed that to the cattle and then the cattle themselves are sick from the food they're eating and the environment they're in. And so they're weak and we're pumping them full of antibiotics. And we're just building their muscle tissue to eat. And there's nothing nutritious in it anymore. And yeah, and that's where I think we're seeing a lot of the disease, not necessarily meat itself. We've been eating it for so long, right? And different, you know areas of the world, you know, do and don't see the problems that we see. It's just that we're really out of balance with our farming practices. Yeah. And you know, what's ironic is like, we love our pets. We love our like dogs and cats. Oh, yeah. But if you think about like, even like this, like how an animal feels living in that condition, not knowing any better and like the stress, like that's ultimately what we eat. You're absolutely correct. Like energy is energy. And if your food is stressed and sad and what, if that animal is having that life, what do you think is going to be in? I mean, we release stress, right? Cortisols and stuff. It's in the tissue. And so you'll also be eating that. Um, I had a, I had a dream, uh, gosh, many years ago. Uh, when I stopped eating pork many, many years ago, I had, um, and it was more than a dream. It felt more like, it felt more like an actual communication. And I had seen in this dream, a pig was rolling in the sun, in the grass and in the flowers. And it was just this like happy little pig and he was rolling and these yellow flowers. And while he was like going side to side, he was saying, this is the life I love. And this is the life I meant to live. And then he got really serious and he said, and I'm not living this life. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> like I, it wasn't just this like vision. It was like, I felt that so much. And, you know, as we know, pigs are very intelligent and they're very, very aware of their misfortune. And they're very aware of their relationships with, you know, the other pigs and they know what's going on. And so that goes into the meat. And that's one of the most consumed meats. That, you know, we eat it for like everything. When I stopped eating mm. it many years ago, I realized how it's in everything. It's breakfast. 
it's dumplings, like all you know? breakfast. <laughs> yeah, dumpling. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like everywhere. And so, yeah, every sandwich, every, you know, breakfast has it and stuff. So it's just, we don't need to eat, even if we are eating meat that hasn't, you know, that has been treated the best, right? Say, say the meat, the animal has lived in an environment where it's happy, it's living its best life, you know, and, and, and then that animal is slaughtered for food consumption. Like that meat is going to be a lot more nutritious than if you're having like a stressed meat, stressed both through like chemicals and the food it's eating and also through the life it's living. So that's why I urge people to be very selective when they do. Um, there's nutrients that are essential that our body does need and can only get from animal products. So if you don't eat meat, then you'll need to have B12 supplements. Um, it's just really important, right? And so um, it's interesting how it is something that our body needs. It's essential, that B12 that can only come from this source. So if you feel like getting this source from your food, just be selective. Mm -hmm. And I think the other question is with everything being so available, there is a tendency where we do too much. Like sometimes it seems like the American diet, you know, it's like 50% of your dish is like the, the protein, the meat component, you know, and sometimes like every single day or multiple times a day. Oh, and yes. I think, you know, that's not how we were meant to eat. Like, you know, back in the day, no one ever said eating meat was bad. But then again, the meat was different. But, you know, you rarely got an animal, <laughs> you know, like, right. it and, wasn't and like also, you had an animal every single day. Yeah, that would be very expensive and also very difficult, right? It, you have to expend a lot of energy <laughs> and and they consume a lot of energy. So like, you know, when we lived more simply and stuff and people raised, you know, just on their own farms and stuff, had animals and stuff, you couldn't have an animal every day, you know? And so you're right. Mo people would eat mostly plant-based roots, vegetables, legumes, grains, beans, you know? Um, and there's things that grow seasonally. So these are the foods that we have the most of and they store well grains and you know beans legumes and stuff these are things that can store well and that we have and then we have seasonal fruits and vegetables and and things um and i like to a tangent here real quick when i think of the like whole food plant-based eating it it fits really well in an environment where we can have everything shipped to us wherever we are but there are certain areas of the world where you look at say like alaska you're not going to be eating salad every day and fresh like greens and stuff people that live near colder regions and stuff that don't have a lot of access so a lot of their diet is these things but they're eating wild game because it's abundant and and there are other things too but you'll see in different areas of the world, um, eating all plants is a lot more doable for some people than it is for others. So that's why I believe in like uh, individualizing diets where people live. And I think eating locally as much as possible is also very good. It's good for your, it's good for the environment and good for your body. Uh, back to those microbes again, right? The plants are you know, also in contact with all the little bugs, all the little things that are going on around us, and they're building up defenses towards them. And then you eat that food that has built up those defenses, all those antioxidants, and those, uh, and then you are also going to be stronger because of it. You're eating that food that's local. So luckily, I live in California where I get a lot of these things all of the time, but I do often think of those that that don't have seasonal fruits and vegetables and stuff. And that's why I bring up that. And it's really important to eat, you know, a lot of fiber in our diet and have, you know, 
all these plant foods, but there are people in the world that don't quite have access to that. And how do they, how do they optimize their nutrition, right? How do they, how do they optimize it? And I think that thinking locally is really important. Would you say that like the microbes in our gut, like their food of choice is fiber? Yes, absolutely. So your gut is, um, really important for your overall health, right? Not just for digesting your food, but for your mood, um, your cognition. Your immune system. Your mm-hmm. immune system. It's it's actually looked at as maybe, the, they call it the second brain, right? <laughs> but maybe it's the first. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so it communicates throughout the entire body. It's very important to keep that happy. So the microorganisms, and you hear all the words um, now, a lot of people are very open to probiotics, which are those wonderful, um, is what we're speaking of. But how do you feed them? Everything alive needs to eat, right? So prebiotics are those fibrous things, whole grains, you know, fruits, vegetables, alive food. Yeah. Alive, fibrous plants. So that's what they love. And, you know, like, I think many of us get the idea that eating more plants is healthier, but many of us like don't do it. Why do you think that is? Like we kind of understand what healthy is, but why are we not doing it more? Well, there could be a lot of reasons that we don't. I mean, um, the pleasure and the reward system that we have built up, like people are so um, uh, food, things actually have uh, addictive qualities and chemicals. Um, Like cheese is very close to the same uh, dependencies like heroin. So it releases the same chemicals. Um, and it's very relaxing. So if you ever feel like really stressed, you're like, oh, I just want like a pizza. Like people after a stressful situation want to eat like cheesy things. Right. And so, um, that, that's one there. Sugar is also another one of those. And, um, so there's different foods and stuff that we are chemically dependent on and addicted to, and they make us feel good in different ways. Right. They soothe, they soothe. Um, and so it does make it hard to imagine like breaking free from, have you ever heard anybody that's like, okay, I'm a vegetarian, but I could never go vegan because I would never be able to not eat cheese. Like I would say that's the kryptonite, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that a lot, you know, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it takes time as with anything, it takes time to start new habits and your body adjusts because your body has adjusted to what it's been eating. And so my recommendation is for people to start slow. Don't just like one day be eating one way, be eating like meat every day and cheese and all these things, and then just flip it upside down. You need to just start incorporating. Instead of leaving things out, start bringing things in. Uh, psychologically, we as people don't respond well to I can't have restriction. It actually sets you up for failure because no one likes to feel like they can't have something or be restricted. So instead, how about what I can have? What can you have? You can start incorporating more of these new foods into your diet on a daily basis and eventually the other things will start to fade out. You'll start to push it out once you start realizing. And then it's like your own experiment. You get to feel it for yourself instead of just rely on what others are telling you. You get to be like, wow, I feel really good after eating this way. After eating like a lot of fresh, whole food, whole plant foods, I'm feeling really well. And that will become the new chemical, right? You'll start to feel well in that way. And then you'll reward yourself. You'll make that decision yourself by just continuing to add more and more of it at your leisure. And I think that's where the success is. If we just say, hey, that's bad. 
the way I was eating was bad and I need to flip it upside down and just do a new. And that's why it's really important to begin, begin eating well, begin incorporating more fruits, vegetables. Don't wait till you're chronically ill to do it because at that point you kind of have to flip it. It has to and be it'll like take longer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's because it is, it's holistic and holistic mm-hmm. things take time. It's not, yeah. it's not a pill. Boom. It's not an injection. Boom. That's the stuff you, that thank goodness medicine is here for, right? The westernized medicine, it is so good for that quick fix. When you've gotten yourself in a predicament, you need stitches. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can't like eat your way yeah. out of that. Like, you know, you have medicine when you have diabetes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's just like, how about we begin preventative things so that we give ourselves the best advantage, you know, so that we can stay away from those things. And so eating well is one of those to keep you in is another part of just keeping you in wellness. And I really think what you bring up is so interesting too. Like there are so many more addictive foods than in the past, you know, like maybe in the past, like there was alcohol and, but here you have like the sugar, the salt, you know, and it comes in a package form and you can get a hit. It's, it's really hard, you know, when you've tasted it and to go away that's really or true. To add new things. <laughs> and our palates get acclimated to things too. So you also aren't used to the taste of things. Think of like when a baby's like trying new things, you know, for the first time, you know, it might not like something right away. And then, you know, you just try little bits after a while, try to reintroduce it. And it's different. You just have to get acclimated to things. And it's important how you cook it and stuff too, you know, um, So it will take time to get used to new flavors, especially when you've just blown out your taste buds with these super powerful things like high fats and sugars and salts. It just takes time. That's why it's important to just bring it in little by little. Let it just start coming into your life and you'll start to enjoy it more and more. And you'll you'll naturally not even enjoy the other stuff anymore. I remember when I had that moment many years ago when I had had like a, like a Snickers bar, I think for the first time in like a long time. And I I was like, Oh my God, this is so disgusting. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to fathom that that would be disgusting. But the best way I could explain it was that it blew my face up. It just felt like a bomb went off and it was just like, nothing was delicious. It was just, it took over Mm -hmm. and it was invasive. And like, I hope I get to that point. Yeah, I hope you do too. And you <laughs> I will. I have that reaction yet. But oh, yeah. you will. And it's just like, and maybe, maybe not. But for me, that was like my personal experience where I actually started enjoying more delicate flavors and being able to um, really pull flavors from foods in their natural form and enjoy it. Because now we feel like everything just has to taste like fat and sugar. And it's just like, if it tastes like fat, sugar, and salt, it's good. It's good. Like, you know, <laughs> like, oh, fat, sugar, salt, it's good. But instead, there's like these delicate flavors in like, you know, plant foods and stuff that are so amazing when they're prepared right and they're celebrated and even just in their own form. And it's actually really easy to do. A, a lot of times people are like, I can't do that. I don't have time to eat healthy. It's like, you know, you no, it's really actually the least time-consuming thing that is possible. Like, they're very portable. Like, you grab some carrots, you grab some apple, you grab an avocado, you grab, you know, you got snacks, you got nuts. You know, these things, they're super portable, and they're already done. Like, you just eat them. And that's actually one of the tips I have for people that are making these transitions. Set yourself up for success. What you put in your house is what you'll have to eat. And also what you bring with you on your day is what you'll have to eat. So what you pack for your day when you're hungry and that's what's in front of you, that's what you're going to eat. So if you have carrot sticks, if you have an apple, if you have these like simple snacks, you're going to choose that over some potato chips. 
Because mm-hmm. it's sometimes there. what I have a hard time with is like variety. You know yeah. how they say like eating more different kinds of vegetables is healthier for you. Sometimes I notice like when I go shopping, I just pick the vegetables I'm comfortable with. And I wish I were like more friskier, but I don't, I notice like sometimes I forget about them, you know, and then I don't cook them. But that's something like I wish I had like more of like a broader sense. I get so overwhelmed. I ignore them in in my refrigerator, you know, I get it. Or I don't buy them. That's a good, that's a good example of maybe instead of trying a bunch of new things all at once try one new thing and then just have hmm. like a, a plan with it, get excited about it and look up a recipe on how to prepare it and get some good ideas and maybe do that like once a week or something. Start off small and like just have a little challenge for yourself to try something new each time you go to the store and and just, you know, and then decide for yourself if you like it. It might open up a new world for you. Do you like to cook your vegetables or do you usually eat them raw? Oh, both. Both is best for you. Yeah. So um, uh, raw vegetables is going to have a lot more of the like phytochemicals and stuff that are doing a really great job at helping our bodies stay really strong, fight diseases and stuff because they have all those bright, brilliant colors um, in them. And when we cook the food, we get a, a a little less of that but it releases a lot of other things too. So when we cook food, we can release energy from the food. And so it's actually why we as humans have evolved in the way we have and why our brains have been able to develop is because we learned how to cook food and release more energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's really good to have a balance. I like to um, garnish with like fresh things. Like say if I'm cooking like a dish, I'll then chop up like a lot of the same ingredients that are in there, like really fine. And then like put them on top is like a crunchy garnish. Oh, that's interesting. Like an onion or like the herbs or something like that. Yeah. Onions, herbs, carrots, um, cabbages. Um, I'll like make a soup. Um like I like to make uh, ramen. I love ramen. So it's a great excuse to just have like a bunch of really good stuff in a bowl. And so I'll have mm-hmm. like like a, the, the bok choy and ginger and daikon radish and just whatever you want. Just like a nicer red green onions. And while I'm creating the stock, I'll put all that stuff in the water while it's coming up to boil and then, you know, put the noodles in and stuff while it's cooking. Meanwhile, while it's cooking, I'm like chopping more of the stuff ultra fine or if I haven't already. Once it's all done, I'll then garnish it with all those things fresh on top. And you get to explore Mm -hmm. the different flavors of when something's fresh and when it's cooked and the different textures And um, it just creates such a, it makes things so beautiful. I love putting like really um, uh, like finely chopped like purple cabbage on top of like salads or on top of just about anything. It's like a, it just adds like crunch and color and texture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, I, I encourage people to start doing that with whatever vegetable they're inspired to do like broccoli, like just like shave the little florets. So you have like these like little like crumbles and stuff. It's a really great way to introduce like raw on top of your cooked foods. I love that. You know, you mentioned some of them, but what do you think are some like great and doable, healthful, nutritional goals for people? Yeah. Uh, nutritional goals are just that. I think thinking of eating more whole plant foods is a really great nutritional goal. And a realistic one is maybe choosing one new thing each week. You know, each time you go to the store, choose one thing and make sure that when you're shopping, you have color, a variety, a rainbow, And maybe that can be your goal is to have a rainbow of food. And every time you eat, challenge yourself to see how many colors you can get on your plate. So we're taking the workout. We don't have like a lot of time in our day to think about 
what everything is doing for us. That's my job. Like as a nutritionist, there's mm-hmm. so much, there's so much to learn about the intricacies of all the vitamins and all the minerals and all the macronutrients that are in your food. And I don't expect everybody to understand every little thing themselves. But if you eat a variety, you're pretty much going to cover all those bases. You don't even have to worry about it (laughs) if you're just eating that variety. So a good goal is to just more color, more color in your life and just see if you can see as much color as you can get on each plate and you'll naturally eat better. Do you think you you could use your bowel movement as like a report card? Yeah, you You know, like some people are really infrequent, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely can. It's a, it is a huge indicator of our, of our health and what we're eating, our gut health. It's true. And we don't talk about our bowel movements enough, but that's exactly like what we're eating. Yeah, it's exactly what we're eating and how our body's responding to it. And so if you're eating more fiber, you're going to have very frequent bowel movements and they're going to be clean too. Um, So, you know, if people are having to like wipe and wipe and wipe and wipe and wipe, that means that maybe you need a little more fiber in your diet because it's just going to be more soft, right? More soft. Um, So if we have more firmer and easy to pass too, you don't want to be struggling and, you know, and a lot of times people do experience, you know, when you do have a bowel movement, it's like a wonderful feeling, like a wonderful sensation too. A lot of people don't talk about that either, but mm-hmm. there's the idea of releasing that. Yeah, there should be like a, so that's another thing. Are you having a good feeling afterwards or are you having like a struggle? Like, is it, is it hurting? Is it, you know, is it an unpleasant experience or was it like, ah, <laughs> you know, which is realistically, this is like, how it should be. And so perhaps the goal. Yeah, that is the goal. (laughs) So yeah, so it affects our lives like in so many different our health in so many different ways, not just like the pleasure of eating the food and your energy and uh, but also your your entire digestional health, which is crucial. You know, they say that people who eat a plant based diet uh, tend to be leaner than those who don't. And it makes it easier to like lose weight without calorie counting. Do you think that's true even with fruit? Like, should we limit our fruit or is that unlimited? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> well, I think balance is very important. I mean, our body needs fruit. It needs sugar. It's um, not a bad thing at all. Bodies really need it. So eating a balance of fruits and vegetables is very healthy for you, especially if you just eat like a couple pieces of fruit a day. Make sure you're, that's another importance of eating a whole food diet as opposed to blending things up. When we do smoothies, we'll eat more fruit than we could possibly eat. If you sit down, this is my snack. <laughs> this is the kind of thing I like to snack on. I have blueberries, and a raspberry, and sometimes I have like dark chocolate and some walnuts. It's kind of one of my favorite mm-hmm. little snacks. Um, so I can only eat like so many at a time, right? Maybe like a handful. Um, but when we're blending things, we'll put more than what we would what we would eat at a time. It would fill us up when we get kind of sick of eating so much of it. And then we add juice which is an even more concentrated form. Like, oh, we need to blend that up with some juice too. And so now you're just, you're really ramping it up with the sugar more than you need. So if you're eating whole food, your natural, your body's gonna shut you off. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you're gonna feel full. You're gonna feel done with it before, you know, instead of having like just drinking it. I think liquids are where we get in trouble with the sugars. Because it just makes it so easy. We're just, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Like so, listening to when we need to shut it off. Yeah. It's just listening to the body and your body tells you. Mm-hmm. It has a, uh, you know, it, satiation, satiation <laughs> is a real thing. And you have to listen to it. 
our satiety. And so um, when we eat the whole foods, we're able to experience that. And when we're eating things that are blended up, which our society has told us, oh, this is like the health kick, right? Eat this juice, go get this drink and stuff. Well, you're probably going to have more sugar than you need. So um, don't worry about it. Pack fruit with you if you like to eat fruit and you'll, you'll eat what your body can handle. It'll tell you. <laughs> it'll yeah. be done yeah <laughs> it takes a lot That's of work an important point yeah it takes a lot of work like, you know to when eat you have an, things yeah like when you have like an apple and you cut it up versus like a smoothie it's always so easy to drink that but then an apple you may or may not be able to finish the whole thing because you've gotten full with yeah. time like those giant apples that are out there now. Like I like getting mm-hmm. like those little like Fuji's. Like they're the perfect snack size. But yeah, I get too like, oh, like that's too big. But if it was in a juice, I wouldn't even know. It's just like sweetening something. And then all we're doing is pleasuring that one thing, which is the taste buds, right? We're just like, mm, good. But when you're chewing on something, you're, um, you're taking your time. Right. So when we're talking about people losing weight and being or maintaining healthy weights, um, it's listening to satiety is a huge part of that. And then when we take our time to eat the food, too. Right. So it takes time to eat fibrous things. You have to chew and chew and chew. (laughs) And so you're not going to eat as much. And um, and you're also burning calories while you're doing that. So it takes energy to chew so you know that's the thing like some people like don't realize you know like so many people live with bloating and you know like having been more plant-based recently like I went to Korea and my kids love noodles so they wanted to eat so many noodles and even though Korea has so many like healthy vegetables like we did a little too much on the noodles and I was bloated and I had forgotten what that feeling was, you know, but, but thinking about that and like understanding what that feeling is and like your diet, like it comes directly from your diet. It, it really does. Um, yeah, the noodles are so good. Yeah, I get it. And they're I mean, granted we, they did step on it with their feet to make it extra chewy, but still like, <laughs> I was bloated. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like um, with when you have those things, like say you like, uh, say you need a little encouragement to eat more vegetables and stuff. Noodles are one of those things that we can eat a lot of, right? We love the texture. We just love the chewiness and things. So just reinvent how you make like a pasta salad. For me, it's mostly just a bunch of varieties of vegetables. Like I'm throwing olives in there. I've got tomatoes. I got basil. I've got bell pepper, onions, whatever, and broccoli, like little broccoli pieces. And then I'll just toss in like a little bit of like pastas. If I have to have this pasta, you know, I don't have to like tell myself not to eat it. It's really great to have, like, if you can do like whole grains, right? But sometimes we just want that pasta. And sometimes that's a great way to eat like a bunch of veggies. Because when you get that like little bite of pasta, you just want to keep eating it, right? So if you have like a spoonful of veggies with one little pasta in it, that you're getting that texture and that pleasure from that. Like, that's just, that's one of those training wheel things that I think is, like, really great. It just helps you, like, bring in more of those veggies and stuff. And and then eventually, you'll have less and less of it. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, you know, just, like, a little bit so you don't deny yourself and you still feel it. Because that texture is so satisfying sometimes, you know, like, the carb. You know, for, so... But don't you think like sometimes, don't you wonder if sometimes with like being plant-based, you know, the carb intake sometimes goes up. Do you see that with your clients or is that what you tell them to do or, or like a sweet potato or something like that? You know, is that okay? Yeah. So plant-based is pretty much carb-based because, but it's healthful carbs, right? Our body actually needs to eat um, 
optimally, the body needs mostly carbohydrates because that's where we get our energy is from sugars um, and the sugar that's broken down from carbohydrates. And so mostly uh, carbs and then fats and then proteins. So, and we kind of have that backwards, right? We're like, protein, eat all protein. And like, and I'll tell you, on plants, you're not missing out on protein. I, one of the projects I did for, it was for a Gravita, which is a, a pregnant woman, and did a whole uh, dietary plan, all plant-based, and I had to meet all of her micro and macronutrients needed, which is a little bit more elevated for a pregnant woman, right? So she needs a little bit more. And I had a problem not, or, or I kept going way over on the protein, no matter what I did in order to meet, and this is all plants. So the whole you're not getting your protein thing is not the problem at all. Implant. And that is the one thing people worry about. Like, will I get enough protein? Oh, yeah, you're going to get enough protein. <laughs> like, I couldn't get away from it. I was just like, this is amazing. And it was just something that kind of proved that to me was that. Yeah. I think that's the biggest misunderstanding. It is. About, you know, being plant-based. It is. So carbohydrates are what we, we need. But in mm -hmm. the form of whole foods and stuff, you don't want to be eating refined food carbohydrates that are lacking fiber, you know, and <laughs> so you do want, the, you want, you want to eat the whole foods and get it from that source. And you're going to fill up too. You're going to fill up quick. They're pretty filling, especially like beans. Beans are one of those things that they're uh, so packed with nutrition mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and there's, is so there any limitation? Do you think there's, is there any limitation on plant-based carbs then? Like a sweet potato or a potato or. Yeah. So there's starchy, right? There's like starchy mm -hmm. um, vegetables and non-starchy vegetables. So if you're wanting to, if your goal is to lose weight, you're going to want to have a little less of the starchy carbohydrates, like the potatoes and <laughs> those kind of items. And you're going to want more greens, right? More of like the mm -hmm. leafy vegetables, stuff like that. And just balance it out. Can have a little bit of the starchy things, um, but predominantly for weight loss, you're gonna want all of the leafy things that don't have a lot of. Shit, my dogs. <laughs> Your dog is so cute, by the way. <laughs> I have two, and they're playing with each other right now. It's they're like so children, cute. so it's like I'm doing something, so they gotta they gotta create a ruckus. <laughs> Get it. They they're hurting with you. <laughs> we would, I would have them outside, but with all of the rains, everything's very, very muddy right now. So I've been uh, selective about where I bring them outside and have to bring them to grassy areas. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll just go in the mud. So sorry, I got the dogs in today. <laughs> oh, no problem. You know, this is something that I cringe about, you know, like I continue to work in the hospital and you see people having like strokes and heart attacks. But in like our modern world, even though, you know, like, you know, with like eating meat, there's increased cardiovascular risk. There's really minimal help with changing the diet after an event. It's like really unfortunate, you know, because I think to make major changes in life, you really need a lot of handholding. You need someone to be there with you and show you, teach you. And I think that's really unfortunate because number one, we can prevent this. But even after something's happened, we can still make profound changes in our lives, you know, for our future. Even though it is tougher, but you can, you know. You absolutely can. And you're right. Um, the chronic the main chronic diseases we're seeing, heart disease and diabetes and stuff, they're all preventable or type 2 at least, type 2 diabetes, treatable and stuff with um, our lifestyle, what we eat, movement, you know, reducing stress. But, you know, especially with like the heart disease and diabetes, it's really important to watch nutrition and movement, right? And so um, when you said that it can be difficult afterwards. 
and that we can have others help us. You're absolutely right. And I think this is where the trickiest thing with making any self-improvement becomes hard is our environment and the people that are supporting us. Um, Food especially is a really sensitive subject. I have found that it's the most sensitive subject when I'm working with people. Um, It's very personal and it's also very guarded. And And you're afraid of judgment. You're afraid of judgment and from your family too. Like if your family has been eating a certain way for a long time and you all of a sudden say, I don't eat like that anymore. A lot of judgment gets passed on that person. And what is the number one thing we do socially together as people? Eat and drink. We eat eat and drink. (laughs) We sit around a table and we eat. And so when you no longer are a part of that social environment, when you can't be a part of it in the same way, it's really, that's the really big challenge for people because that's what they're missing. It's not the food. They're missing that connection that they had with their peers, with their family, with, you know. And so I find that that becomes the biggest, biggest struggle. And so it's really important that you support people that are deciding to eat a certain way and be inclusive, you know, as a community, you know, and as a family. Um, And a lot of it, too, is like culturally. I get a lot of people who, you know, um, culturally, there's, they eat a certain way and the family is the biggest influence on on how they can make their change. Exactly. And, you know, finding like-minded people too. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you so much, Crystal. This was so much fun. I really yeah, enjoyed this- speaking with you. Yeah. And how can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on my website, crystalrob.com, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-R-O-B-B.com. Thank you. See you next time on another edition of Lost or Found. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us, Lost or Found Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.